You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. <laughs> it's a taste to consider podcast. I am your host, Derek Silver, and I am here. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. Were you listening to me, Neo? Or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? Are you listening? I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Yes, this is a Taste to Consider podcast. And I have missed you. I hope you miss me too. It is NFL Sunday, week one NFL Sunday. And damn, my Redskins lost. <laughs> my Redskins lost, man. They started out the game 17 nothing at the end of the second quarter. Going into halftime, they were winning 20 to 7. But of course, I was feeling kind of jittery because Philadelphia was getting the ball back after halftime. And they got Deshaun Jackson. And you know, if all my football fans out there, y'all know how Deshaun Jackson go. At any moment, it can it can go the other way. And of course. He killed us. <laughs> Man, Philadelphia came back and scored 32 points in the second half. No, they didn't score 32 points. I'm sorry. They had already had seven going into halftime. They scored 25 more points <laughs> in the second half. Man, same old race games, man. But... I still decided to record after that debacle, but I'm very de detached from outcomes of football these days. But in the past, man, my whole day would have been ruined. My whole week would have been ruined. Man. Well, let me start out with my cigar for this episode. And it's, uh, I don't even know I'm pronouncing it right, but it's been a cigar that I had on my list for a while. And it's uh, Macanudo Inspirado. Um... It's a good cigar. It's uh kind of strong, um, but it's it's cool. It probably won't be one on my favorites list, but uh, I can cross it out off my list now. And uh, my drink of choice, uh, I started. <laughs> uh, I had a little taste towards the end of the Redskin game, uh, so I decided to pop open the Hennessy. The go-to. Uh, I was going to have some uh, Crown Royal Peach for this episode, but <laughs> I was like, let me, let me, uh, you know, slide to the go-to. 
But I'm glad, you know, I'm glad to be back. Um, what's this? Episode six. Episode five was the capitalism episode. Uh, for all those who listen, um, I thank you for listening. I thank you for the feedback. Uh, I'm not sure what the numbers were. I'm not checking numbers, but um, I'm, just by getting feedback, uh, I'm satisfied with that. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting episode, uh, you know, talking about the uh, Jay-Z NFL deal, um, uh, Kaepernick, um, the Popeye's chicken sandwich, which is still trash. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was an interesting episode. Um, it wasn't a planned episode, uh, although I have, um, I'm in tune with, you know, certain things that go on if in politics, social justice, stuff like that. Um, it wasn't an episode that I planned to do so early to, you know, to go to that aspect. I already had a lot of episodes planned out. But as I've stated in previous episodes that, you know, uh, I've just been going with the flow with this podcast. Uh, I haven't been forcing anything for real. And when I've tried to force stuff, um, you know, uh, I got redirected and I took a step back and, you know, just decided to get back into the flow of things because this episode wasn't even playing as well. It was one of the episodes that's already been on my list in the planning of the podcast, but I didn't think that I was going to do it this early. But I was sitting at work uh, Friday and uh, the whole outline just popped into my head. So excuse me, the whole outline just popped into my head, so I just started typing, and in typing, the whole episode formulated, so uh, it'll be a good episode, um, I will be being, um, I will be talking about, you know, my thoughts on this particular topic, and uh, being a little vulnerable as well, each episode, I will try my best to be as vulnerable as possible, depending on the topic, um, so yeah, to kick back to Jay-Z, let me take a puff real quick. Kicking back to Jay-Z, and you know, everybody was talking about some, you know, he's playing chess, not checkers, but you starting to see a lot of this stuff come, <laughs> come about with, uh, you know, how... <laughs> what this deal is all about and really what his intentions are. And to say the least, I was on point. I'm not surprised with with uh, nothing that's going on. Uh, they have their, uh, what is it, change initiative. And they started out with change t-shirts and doing the concerts uh, with Meek Mill and Rhapsody. Um, as my man Scott says, Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> so they started out having a a concert for the opening night of the NFL, which was uh, Thursday. And okay, <laughs> that's that says a lot to me about you know what this deal is about and how they're you know using social justice to try to profit off of it and to quiet down um, you know a lot of the chatter that's 
caused a lot of problems with the NFL in the previous years since Cap started protesting. Their numbers have been down. A lot of people have been pissed off about Cap protesting, so the numbers, you know, went down. A lot of people <laughs> haven't been bringing up that fact. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's real interesting that, you know, they decided to sell T-shirts and do concerts and stuff like that. And it's just, <laughs> excuse me. Real interesting, but um, an inter- interesting thing that I learned in uh, this week with all of this Jay Z stuff, um, something has something came up uh, with one of the organizations that the NFL and Jay Z uh, gave money to, um, and. Well, his company, Rock Nation, gave money to, um, and it was a a club called Crusher's Club, and they have a history of cutting black boys' hair, um, particularly uh, dreadlocks, and it's saying that by cutting their dreadlocks off, that it will give them a a better life. Um, a better, you know, chance at life. And this club is in Chicago, and I'm assuming, from what I've read, I'm assuming they they chose this this club to give money to because the first NFL game was in Chicago that they started out the the concerts for, and they had the T-shirts and all that other stuff. But this this club, which is called the Crushers Club, is in Chicago, and like I said, they have their whole motto is to cut uh, black boys' dreadlocks in order to um, give them a better chance at life. <laughs> so you know that's another red flag right there. That's saying that a organ- this organization is being uh, helped by the NFL and Jay Z's company, Rock Nation. Uh, it's just bad PR all around. But in the process of hearing um, that that situation, um, I learned something about dreadlocks that I never knew before. I just always thought that we always called them dreadlocks, and that, that was the term for the the style of hair that they had. But this is something that I learned right here, and I'm going to read it. It says, the term dreadlocks comes from a movement of guerrilla warriors who vowed not to cut their hair into until Hail Selassie's former emperor of Ethiopia was released from exile after leading the resistance against the Italian invasion. The warrior's hair became matted and began to look over time, to lock over time, excuse me. Because the warriors with locks in their head were dreaded, the term dread dreadlocks came to fruition. And I learned something new because I always thought that was just the the you know, the term for it, dreadlocks. So now you know, I've learned something. If you didn't already know, that's something <laughs> you've learned. And, you know, so now I'm I've made it a point to just all since learning this to just say locks, locks, locks. So, you know, I hope, you know, you do the same thing. Let me take a puff real quick.
and I have to take periodic puffs during the show because I don't want the the uh, flame to die down in the cigar. But yeah, I thought that was real interesting. And for Jay-Z to be in his company to be aligning himself with this is just wild. <laughs> um so another thing that came up actually today that <laughs> I want to discuss and I almost forgot about it was um I'm gonna have to play a clip for you so to give you a little context on everything. Um <laughs> it was a clip on social media this morning and Charlemagne the God uh he reposted it from uh the rapper Mano and I'm gonna play the clip for you and then I'm gonna tell you what it's about well what happened after the clip after <laughs> after I commented on the clip so here go to here go the clip right here One second, let me pull it up. All right, here we go. Everybody is a fucking celebrity. Everybody is celebrity. Everybody is lit. The average person is lit. They'd be like, "Oh man, you ain't, you ain't see my page? I'm lit. Yeah, I'm lit. I'm lit. Everybody lit. Nobody is regular. Nobody is a regular human being. Like she don't want to stand on the line because she lit. She need to be VIP treated." This person over here, he can't wait on the line for the club. This person over there need to be handled a certain kind of way. Everybody lit. I'd be damned if I'd be one of these niggas that believe everything I see on social media, believe everything that these niggas are showing me. Because let me show you something, right? These dudes are so crazy. It's like, whatever niggas show them, they believe. You show a nigga some money, they, oh, that nigga rich. You show a nigga guns, oh, that nigga a killer. What the fuck is going on? Like, I'd be damned if I traded my integrity, my principles, my beliefs, just so I could feel like I'm cool for a couple of likes. Every Yeah, so that was the clip. And it was a very good clip. <laughs> but uh, I was just passing time while, uh, until the Redskin game came on. So I decided to comment. And I usually don't comment on posts at all. But for some reason, someone told me to comment. And... Uh, I say facts. Everybody wants to be seen. So, yeah, I commented. I ain't think nothing, nothing of it. You know, I just decided to put my two cents in. Why not? Uh, I've been doing podcasting for, what, coming up on three years, so I just decided to comment. Why not? Why not? And, um... A few hours later, I just happened to look at my phone and then something pop up. This was on Instagram, by the way. So some someone responded to my uh my comment. And it was a it was a woman, a black uh black woman. Not that that has anything to do with anything. I'm not trying to <laughs> make no reference behind because she's a black woman, but I'm just giving context to everything. So she says not everyone. I guess I'm just old-fashioned that way. And then she put up the uh, the two hands emoji. So 
usually I don't even respond back to people. So I just say, why not? I'm watching the Redskins game at this point, and I was I was already into the game, so I'm like my competitive juices is flowing, a little aggression is flowing, you know, watching the game or whatever. Not even aggression. It's just straight competition. I'm just I'm just in the moment. I'm just in the moment right now. So I responded back to her and I was like, I said what I said because the way that I felt about the situation when I said everybody wants to be seen. I actually feel that way. Everybody wants to be seen to a certain degree. It don't have to be on social media or by popping bottles or uh, flashing money or your outfit or what vacation you going on. But somebody, everybody wants to be seen in some type of way. If they're having some type of uh, moment where they're feeling insecure, they're feeling vulnerable, uh, arrogance, their ego is high, whatever. Everybody wants to be seen to some degree. So she responded back eventually and was like, I guess, and put the hands up again. And then she was like, you have a beautiful day on this day that God has provided. I'm not debating with you. Prayer hands. (laughs) So you know when people put God into stuff like that and tell you to have a nice day and stuff, they in their feelings. (laughs) So then I said, I was like, <laughs> and then it's crazy because I don't like going back and forth with nobody, especially especially nothing as, as minuscule as this. Then I was like, then don't reply back. That's You know what I'm saying? Then I put the same hands up too and laughing faces because I'm like, if you're not trying to debate with me, why did you respond in the first place? Because my comment wasn't even directed at you. So then... She responded and was like, out of respect for you, sir, I see you are an advocate for mental health, and I am a nurse who's taking care of the mentally ill. I just don't understand the aggressiveness due to a simple opinion of mine. Blessings to you, King. It's all good. There are, in fact, people that exist who love to move in silence for the betterment of others as well as themselves. (laughs) So I started laughing. (laughs) When I, oh, and then she put the prayer hands after that. So I just started laughing. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to make this my last comment. So I said, no, you're perceiving aggressiveness because you're not in control of the situation. You preaching this move in silence, but you started the quote unquote debate with me and still continue responding. You definitely want to be seen. You were triggered by a comment that wasn't even directed towards you. But you took it personally because you obviously have something going on. And that's okay. But don't project it on project it on me. Peace sign. <laughs> so then I was like, that's that's it. I'm done. I'm not gonna keep going back and forth with somebody who, for one, got a private page stalking my page that I don't follow and don't follow me and, and responded to me off break. So she responded again and then she was like, not at all. I just simply stated that regular people exist, not forcing my beliefs on you, just stated my simple opinion. Want to be be seen? Nah, I'll pass. Great convo, though. Stay blessed, King. (laughs) 
I am rolling. I was rolling. And I'm still rolling. I'm crying right now, man. Oh, man. That gave me a good laugh. And I just wanted to share that with y'all because I thought that was extremely funny. But, yeah, going back to the uh, Jay-Z stuff, you know, I had my opinions on. And if you haven't listened to the Capitalism episode yet, Go back, check it out. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think on anything. Let me know what you think on this conversation. <laughs> on that little uh comment conversation. But um yeah, so let me segue into what this episode is about today. Um it's an episode that I, I had on my listen initial planning of uh this podcast, something that I felt like I wanted to talk about uh give my opinion on uh and that's excuse me that's excuse me again that's uh worshiping and extreme fandom of celebrities yeah uh worshiping and extreme fandom of celebrities Taking a couple of puffs here so my cigar don't die out. So, first, uh, let me pull up because I, uh, in the process of doing this outline, um, I pulled up the definitions of worship and fan slash fandom. So this definition of worship comes from uh, dictionary.com and it says reverent honor and homage paid to God or a sacred personage or to any object regarded as sacred. Formal or ceremonious rendering of such honor and homage to render religious reverence and homage to to feel an adoring reverence or regard for parentheses any person or thing <clears throat> and let me read the Murray and Webster definition of worship um, to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. And let me go to the definition of fan, fanatic. Um, and this first one is coming from dictionary.com. A person with an extreme and uncritical enthusiasm or zeal <clears throat> as in religion or politics. And let me go to the Murray and Webster definition of fanatic. Um, okay. Um, a person exhibiting excessive enthusiasm and intense, uncritical devotion towards some controversial matter, as in religion or politics. 
a person who is extremely enthusiastic about and devoted to some interest or activity. Okay, yeah. So let me comment. Let me comment back on this cigar real quick before I get into uh, the topic. Yeah, this cigar. Yeah, I definitely won't be getting it again. Or maybe it's the uh, the place that I got it from is is dying out a lot. And you have that sometimes with certain cigars if they if they uh because you have to keep cigars in a a well hum humid humid environment. Uh, you keep them in, a lot of people keep their cigars in a humidor, and that's to keep the humidity right in order to keep the cigars moist so they don't dry out and stuff like that. And a lot of places, they have big rooms uh, where the cigars are in, and they'll have humid large humidifiers in the room. So I'm not sure if this is just a bad cigar or <clears throat> the humidifier that was in the room wasn't as good or the humidity in the room wasn't good, but it's dying out a lot. So I've been having to take a few puffs to keep it going. And this is like the second time I had to light it. So I'm trying to start it back up again. And that's usually <clears throat> a bad thing when you have to keep starting it up because you'll start getting to the point where you're burning a cigar and you're getting like a burnt, a burnt taste from it. Okay. So I got it started back up. Okay, so yeah, I gave you the definitions of uh, worship and fanatic. And in the process of me just going, looking up stuff about this topic or whatever, um, I actually found that there's actually a syndrome for this. It's called celebrity worship syndrome. And this is the definition of it on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, celebrity worship syndrome, CWS, is an obsessive addictive disorder in which a person becomes overly involved with the details of a celebrity's personal and professional life. Psychologists have indicated that though many people obsess over film, television, sport, and pop stars, the only common factor between them is that they are all figures in the public eye. So yeah, I was shocked that it was a syndrome for this and... <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, and it was all sorts of articles and stuff on this. It's like it was I went on Google and there's pages of you know, Google pages of articles on this. I didn't read anything because I didn't want it to skew my opinions on, you know, on this topic because you know, I have my, my own views on it and even how I've dealt with it, because I believe everybody deals, deals with this at some point in their life, especially when you're younger, you know, when you're a little kid and or a teenager, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I definitely look at it as though, you know, um, one reason that we become so over, overly obsessed with uh, celebrities and stuff is because of um, uh, we may be trying to fill a void uh in our life uh whether it's 
we some type of void in our personal life with our family, um, uh, suffering from some type of loneliness or um, um, anything. I mean, like uh, this is the the point where I'll I'll start to get into more of the the vulnerable aspect and aspect, and I could talk about. Uh, my situations, but when you think about, you know, certain uh, worshiping or extreme fandom of celebrities, what's just, what's the first person that you will think about? Beyonce. If you're on social media, if you just, just pay attention, period, to any form of uh, entertainment or anything, you know that, what what do they call it, the, the beehive or the bayhive or whatever, you know, they go after people on social media. <laughs> if you, you say one wrong thing about Beyonce, they're going to come after you and put a, what, a whole bunch of bees or something in your comments and stuff like that. So I definitely see it a lot with Beyonce. You know, a lot of people, like, uh, I'm not a clinical psychologist or a therapist or a doctor or anything <laughs> like that, but a lot of people in that bay have, they be worshiping Beyonce. And they go by everything Beyonce does, um, what she says, sings, whatever. They'll go by that. <laughs> and you'll see it even with, uh, like, Nicki Minaj, what she got, the barbs. And even uh, uh, Jay-Z, when I just talked about him, you know, you'll have, with the situation that's going on with the NFL and his deal and stuff, <clears throat> how a lot of his fans or whatever, they... And they was coming for people's heads, you know, with people that was having that wasn't agreeing with his moves or the things that he said. <laughs> and then you got uh you got Cardi B. I'm not sure what she called her people. I know she called them something, but I forgot what. Uh and you got Prince. Uh I've seen, you know, that with Prince, a lot of people uh, love Prince and, and worship everything about him. <laughs> You got it with Michael Jackson. Shoot, you even got that joint when uh, the Prince fans be fighting with the Michael Jackson fans and the Cardi B fans fighting with the Nicki Minaj fans. This this stuff be wild, boy. And even recently with the uh, all the stuff that came out with Michael Jackson, you know those uh, two guys that uh, tried to come out and give that, in my opinion, that BS. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Michael Jackson fans was coming for, for their neck, you know what I'm saying? They was coming for Oprah, too, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's real out here for some people, you know? And this is no way me in no way, you know, trying to bash uh, these fans or whatever because all these fans aren't worshiping them, you know? Some of them just fans, you know, and that's cool uh, because y'all know I've stated on this podcast and even on uh, – my other podcast, Unproductive and Unapologetic, how big of a Tupac fan uh, I used to be and still am to this day. You know, it was very extreme in the past <laughs> um, how how uh, big of a Pac fan I was. And I will say, I was worshiping to him to a degree. And you even see like uh, like back in the day, just talking about Tupac or whatever, how the media plays plays a part in that too you know the the media will manipulate that stuff you know because they can make money off of it just like with the back in the day with Pac and Biggie you had the east coast versus west coast thing you know just like Pac said you know it was, 
it's it's a problem with two rappers, but then the media blow it up and make it something about two coasts that ain't even got nothing to do with each other, and they made money off of that, selling magazines, uh, having their TV shows. Shoot, people still making money off of it today. I've seen books still being made, DVDs and stuff like that. So, you know, it's... It's real out here for for you know us as people to get caught up into that stuff, uh, and the media is is playing a role in in that as well. So it's always going to be you know extreme fandom out here, uh, worshiping and stuff like that, and all, and all parties play a role in it. Um, shoot, the celebrities feed off of that, you know, because like I've like I've stated in the last episode, capitalism. Like I was saying, Jay Z's just another man. You know, he's he's not. You know, his his words and his voice isn't more powerful than us just because he's a celebrity or he has more money. Uh, but you know, as a people, we we believe that these celebrities have more power over us because of their celebrity or you know their money and you know whatever. But you know these these celebrities they feed off of that stuff and they play in it too. So you have to watch that at times, you know. Um, my barber, I was at the barber shop Thursday, and my barber said to me, uh, he was like, um, you got these rich rappers and singers out here making money off of us, but then talking about us in the song. And he was like, uh, you know, they'll sit here and make the money off of us and then talk about uh Y'all broke people, and I got more money than you, and I'm I'm more lit than you, or I'm popping more bottles than you, and stuff like that. And we <laughs> and we right in the trance of it, you know what I'm saying? Hyping these these uh rappers and singers up, and they they straight dead talking about <laughs> about us, you know. So it's it's crazy. So let me take a puff real quick. Yeah, so, you know, we all play a role in that. You know, I don't want anybody to get offended by what I'm saying because, like I said, um, I'm always going to say we. Always going to say we, always going to say us because, uh, you know, I'm I'm caught up in to the matrix as well, you know. I, I'm still unlearning a lot of things that has been taught to us as a people as a society that, you know, I'm unlearning. Uh, but, yeah, getting back to Tupac and, you know, my worshiping and extreme fandom of, of him. Take a sip. Yeah, so the first, like, one of the first uh, rap tapes I bought was a Tupac tape with my own money, actually, with my own money. Um I bought a Tupac tape. It was the Me Against the World tape. And I was a big fan of Pac ever from the moment that uh, he was with Digital Underground and he had his verse on same song. And uh, his first album came out. And one of my favorite songs off of that was uh, When My Homies Call. And, you know, I was just a fan at that point. But the older I got, uh, uh, I was a teenager at the time um, when I started getting to the point where I was uh, worshiping him to a degree. And 
I, I resonated with a lot of things that he talked about. Um, like I've mentioned before, I've always been, uh, I've always wanted to help people since I was a kid. I've always been into, uh, when I was younger, I used to always be into black history and stuff like that. Um, I was always for the people or for the struggle, as they say. And that's what I resonated when I I started listening to Park or whatever. And, you know, another thing was um, during that time, you know, as a teenager and stuff and uh, while he was living and even after he he died um, in those moments of me going from uh, early teenager to uh, to an adult in my twenties and stuff, um, at the peak of when uh, his albums were out, and excuse me, and after his death, when you know he was still big and he had albums coming out and stuff, I was like, uh, I was really worshiping him and. Like I resonated with like the anger that I felt from him because at that time I was I was real angry. I was a real angry uh, young man. And I've talked about this before in uh, my blogs on my blog site, which is greatestiamblog.com, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog. But yeah, I was I resonated so much with the anger that I felt in his in his raps and when he spoke and stuff like that. And I felt like I was, you know, one in the same with him. And and this is something that I've always thought over the years when I finally acknowledged that I was struggling with depression was that Tupac was depressed as well. And I go back and listen to certain raps, uh, certain things that he said and spoke about. I can hear the depression in, in his songs and in the things that he would say because they were things that I was I was feeling. I didn't even need to hear him say it first in order to resonate with it. You know, I was already feeling those things, but when I heard him say it, it was like almost a confirmation, oh, this is how I got to be. This is, you know, this is somebody I can look up to. This is somebody that's teaching me. So it was like, you know, uh I believe in the law of attraction. So at that point in those in my depressed times, I was attracted to, you know, his depression, his anger, you know, as well as him being being for, you know, helping his helping his people, helping the black people, being part of the struggle and stuff like that. And just learning so much about him and how he was into black history. His mom was a black panther. You know, I, you know, I, when I was younger, I used to always say if I was back in that time, I would want to be a black panther. This was even before knowing all of this, you know, so it was like so much stuff about him that I resonated with. It got to the point where I was worshiping him. And at that time, I didn't really have uh, uh, a lot of male guidance in my life. And I was searching, you know, I was searching for that. I, I was yearning for it. So, and this was the only person that I felt that I could get it from because I, I, I couldn't find it from nobody else. And it was like, I was almost crying out, uh, to get it from other, you know, black males that was older than me and stuff, but I couldn't find a connection. Uh, so that's that's where I found it. So it got to the point where, you know, uh, he was almost feeling, like I said about, you know, earlier, he was feeling that void in my life, you know. And it, it's, it's, 
it's interesting because, you know, I think about around that time uh, I started, you know, I was going to church for a while when I was younger. And in that time uh, when I was heavily in the park and I felt like I was worshiping him, I was still trying to find a place and find some type of presence or being accepted in the church. And it was like I didn't understand God as much. So I didn't have I didn't have trust in God. And I don't want to get overly religious, you know, because I know everybody not there, but this is a part of me. So it is what it is. But, you know, I didn't feel that I had as much trust in God. So this is a person that I knew that I knew was actually flesh that I could see, you know, somebody that I can actually hear from. Because at that time, I'm so young, I'm not really understanding the concept of God. And nobody wasn't really teaching it to me the way that I needed to hear it. So, you know, that's that's why I got to the point where I was worshiping Pac. I was hanging on to every word that he said. So much resonated with me, uh, with him, with me and him that, you know, I hung on everything. So I can uh, it was almost like it fueled me, not that I conducted myself like him because I was already there. I was already angry as hell. I was depressed. So it was like that was my that was my guide. He gave me guidance. And I particularly remember one time when I was in church and we was having a Bible study and it was for it was like the young adults or whatever. And I remember saying out loud in that in that that little circle that we were having that, you know, I look more to Pac than I do to God. (laughs) And I know I stunned some people in there, but uh, a couple of people understood, you know, where I was coming from because I just didn't have any understanding of God and I didn't. I couldn't see him. I couldn't hear him. So I didn't have any trust for him. So this is the person that I had that I could trust. This is the person that, you know, I can resonate with. This is the person that I can see. This is the person that, you know, I can hear. So, you know, that's that's my vulnerable moment right there. And, you know, I was worshiping him. But, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I've I've found a a much more appreciation just for him as a person and him having his own individual path, me having my own individual path and me having a better relationship with God and understanding my relationship with God, who he is, how I can hear from him in my own personal way. Because actually, let me take that back. You know, when I was saying that I didn't, I wasn't being taught properly, but I was being taught but it just wasn't for me, you know? So, I mean, you can take that as I wasn't being taught properly, but, you know, when you're in church, you just have this one this one message coming to you with a whole bunch of people in the room, and, you know, all of us have a different reality. Every person that's on this planet, on this earth, has a different reality, you know? Uh we do get caught up into a collective conscious of thing, and that's what I always joke about is being the matrix, you know, but we all still see things very differently. But, you know, you will have that collective that, you know, will try to follow behind each other in order to feel like they're accepted or, you know, they're filling whatever void that they got going on in their life. Um, So, you know, it just... 
just think about it. You know, when you have ask yourself, you know, uh, what star do what celebrity do you resonate with, and why do you resonate with them? You know, where uh, where and how does that res how you know? Um, let me find. I want to find the right words to say. <laughs> Uh, when you resonate with this person, ask yourself why you resonate with this person, with this celebrity, and where you are in your life. And that, you know, that'll show you what voids you're missing. Because uh, I, I look at a lot of, you know, people who uh, are extreme fans and possibly worshiping Nicki Minaj and stuff, and a lot of them, they try to conduct their, their lives as being... Uh, a bad bitch or a boss or, you know, living that twerk life and you got the the hot girl summer going on out here and stuff like that. So you kind of see, like, um, as, I've, as I stated, you can't put a lot of stock into the things that these celebrities say, you know, just because they're on TV and they got, they got the celebrity, they got the money and stuff doesn't make them um a god or it doesn't give them an authority over whatever opinion that they have so you know uh, this is my opinion i feel like a lot of these women out here that you know follow the Nicki minajs the cardis and stuff like that and this is not me trying to go at Nicki and cardi or any of the other celebrities i'm solely trying to focus on how people try to fill the fill voids by being connected with these celebrities and i see a lot of women out here that want to be seen they have their insecurities and stuff like that so they conduct themselves in the same manner that these celebrities are conducting themselves in you know nikki uh cardi and even with with guys i see a lot of guys out here want to be in the club popping the bottles uh want to dress a certain way, have these chains on chains on, and stuff like that, have the cars and the money and stuff because they're trying to fill a void. They want to be seen and stuff like that. Or they're trying to fill a void by getting certain attention or trying to attract certain people in their life by emulating or, uh, you know, trying to be like these celebrities. And then... It had me started thinking, like, even certain uh, situations, like, I've brought this up before on Unproductive and Unapologetic, uh, how uh, you take a celebrity like Murray J. Blige, and Murray J. Blige, great, great music or whatever, um, and she's known for always making these sad love songs, uh, these quote-unquote men-bashing songs or, you know, stuff like that. And you see a lot of women gravitate towards that because of the things that they've gone through in their life or the things that they've been taught by other women, uh, you know, before them, their mothers, grandmothers, aunts, who knows, or just situations that they've gone through with uh, stuff with, their fathers or just any type of trauma or bad situation in their life. This, of course, they will resonate with somebody like Murray J. Blige with the type of music that she makes. But the funny thing about it is, is that at 
at one time, Mary J. Blige, she got off of making that music. She started making happy music or whatever. That's what they was calling it at the time. She started making her happy music. She was in love and stuff like that. And her sales went down. And people started complaining. Women started complaining about Murray. Now nah, we need you to go back to the, to the you know the f niggas stuff like that and all this other stuff. And I was like, wow. And and this was years ago. This was like probably early two thousands. And and I quoted then. I was like, dang, people were so stuck into their their trauma, their negativity and stuff that they won't even let somebody else live a happy life because they aren't living it. And that's, you know, that's us getting caught up into celebrities' lives and, you know, our trauma or our voids that we need to fill getting caught up with those celebrities. And that's something that's always boggled my mind. I understand it, but it still boggles my mind. I don't want to dismiss it because... Like I've said, I've I've pointed out my stuff, you know, and I still have to because I I spent so many years in my depression and stuff like that. I still have to get out of certain habits when uh, I listen to Tupac music. I don't listen to it as much as I used to back then. You'll you'll be lucky if you hear me listening to it once a week, you know. I've grown, but I still, you know, when I listen to certain music of his and stuff like that, I have to be careful with how it, you know, hits my insides. I would listen to a certain song or whatever, and if if I'm at the time driving on the road or whatever, and it's a song where, you know, he's getting hyped and, you know, he's he's talking that ish, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know what I'm saying, I might get a little aggressive on the road, you know what I'm saying? My road rage might come out, and I'll be having to, you know what I'm saying, talk to myself and be like, you know, relax, <laughs> relax, or I just change the song because it's, you know what I'm saying, it's triggering me. And... I was just like, wow, you know what I'm saying? I still have to be mindful of, you know, my own self. So, but, you know, like I've said, you know, I've grown and stuff, but, uh, you know, I have to ask myself at certain times, getting caught up in certain stuff, and uh, just like, you know, make sure you ask yourself, you know, why am I, uh, why why do I like this celebrity? What, what resonates, um, you know? What's going on in my life that, you know, puts me to the point where it's triggering something or, you know, I'm I'm feeling some type of emotion and stuff like that? Because, um, and let me give another example right there. That just, that just popped in my head. Even, I was a big fan of 50 Cent. And when he was going through that, that stuff with Ja Rule and stuff like that, I was team 50 Cent, you know what I'm saying? I'd be out here ready to fight a Ja Rule fan. <laughs> and this was in the early 2000s. I'd be ready to fight, uh, you know, uh, a Ja Rule fan or whatever. And that was me in my early 20s, you know, getting caught up. I wasn't worshiping 50 Cent, but I was getting caught up. I was getting caught up into that extreme fandom where I was getting outside of myself and, you know, getting connected with the energy that he was putting out there and pushing that energy towards other people that ain't even have nothing to do with it. It ain't even got nothing to do with me at that, <laughs> you know? So 
yeah, just just take the time, you know, to ask yourself about, you know, why you like certain celebrities, you know, how they're triggering certain things in your life, uh, what resonates. And, you know, like even today, you know, like I said, I don't listen to too much Tupac like that. Um, I'm still a big fan of his. Uh, if you know from my first episode, he's on my my uh, basement wall where I record. Um, I also have Muhammad Ali. I have Bruce Lee. I have Marvin Gaye. And I have Bob Marley. So I take, you know, certain aspects from these celebrities' lives where I've learned certain things. And I don't always go to celebrities to learn stuff, you know. I read a lot of books and stuff. I listen to a lot of uh, videos on YouTube and stuff, spiritual stuff, um, uh, political stuff, you know. But these are these are people that you know I've ta- I've taken certain things from where I've resonated with and I've you know learned things and tried to apply them to my life. Not in the terms of I'm gonna do it the same way that they do, but I match it up with how I actually feel, my views, my morals, uh, my integrity. So, you know, just just take the time to ask yourself, um, you know, those things and how they, how they show up in your life. And I'll end the episode here. Uh, yeah, I've been wanting to talk about this because I've always thought it was interesting and I... I know how much it played a part in my life, and I see how much it plays a part in other people's lives. So take the time, you know, share this episode. uh, Let me know what you think. I appreciate all the feedback that I always get from each episode. Uh, Download, listen, delete. I'm on Apple Podcasts app, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, Let me know if there's any topics that you want me to speak on, give my opinion on anything. Um, uh, Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Also, uh, this is another thing. This uh, This is September, and this is Suicide Prevention Month. So everybody take the time to learn uh, about suicide prevention. Uh, Let me give the number for the uh, suicide um, prevention lifeline. That's 1-800-273-8255. And that's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 1-800-273-8255. And my next episode, I may talk about uh, suicide prevention, uh, but I definitely will be having a new blog post coming up about um, suicide, suicide prevention, how it's affected my life. Um, Also, go check out my Instagram page for my blog. It's greatest.i.am.blog. I did a photo shoot uh, back in, I believe it was May. Uh, for my initial podcast and then I also uh, played around and did some stuff not played around literally but just tried some different things some creative things to uh, speak on uh, mental illness uh, mental health mental illness mental wellness and suicide prevention Um, if you go on my Instagram page for my blog you will see a couple of posts that I put up from that photo shoot that ties into uh how i feel about suicide prevention uh 
And I appreciate it if you, you know, check it out. It's some good visuals, some things that I put some thought into. And um, share it as well. Um, I appreciate all the people who share the things that I've been doing, podcasts, blog. Um, you're very appreciated because, um, you know, it's the only way that stigmas go away is by people sharing their stories and, you know, so... If you have a story to share, share it. It's it's definitely been helpful for me. It's been part of my healing process. And I've, you know, been blessed to help a lot of people. Uh, at times I've have been getting frustrated with the, uh, the lack of attention that I've been uh, getting. Uh, I'm human. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. I've, I've gotten frustrated uh, a few times about... Um, the attention that I, the lack of attention that I haven't been getting, because I feel that I have a, a a good story that will help people and a good message, and I just want it to get out there. It's not, I'm not worried about likes and stuff, and you know I have to remind myself at times when I do get frustrated. As long as I help one person, that's all that matters. Uh, I was reminded of that over this week um, when I was having a little frustration. Um, but I'm going to end this episode with a song as I usually do. Uh, I will try to sneak the song on Spotify. You know, Spotify don't usually let you have music on it, but I will try to sneak it on there. If it doesn't get on there for my Spotify listeners, the song that I'm playing, uh, at the end of this episode will be from Tupac and it's called, Who Do You Believe In? Thank you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, dear nigga down here, Brothers in packs down, plus everybody's high Too doped up to ask why Watching our own downfall, witness the end It's like we don't believe in God, cause we living in sin I asked my homie on the block, why he strapped, he laughed Pointed his pistol as the cop caught Past the blast, it's just another murder Nobody mourns no more, my teardrops getting bigger But can't figure what I'm crying for Is it the miniature caskets, little babies Victims of a straight from drug dealers gone crazy Maybe it's just the drugs, visions of how the block was Crack came and it was strange how it rocked us Perhaps the underlying facts they hide explain genocide It's when we ride on our own kind What is it we all fear? Reflections in the mirror, we can't escape fate The end is getting nearer, who do you believe in? I put my faith in God, blessed and still breathing Hard, that's who I believe in Before I'm leaving The mask and the grieving Who do you believe in? Who do you believe in? I put my faith in God Blessed and still grieving And even though it's hard That's who I believe in Before I'm leaving The mask and the grieving Who do you believe in? my eyes Cause all I see is terror I hate the man in the mirror Cause his reflection Makes the pain turn realer Times are all I'm getting Murdering mass amounts In a society We're only getting the cash counts I started out as a beginner Into the criminal lifestyle I make my money and vacate, made prison Went from the chosen one to outcast, unforgiven And all the Hennessy and BK high The pain I feel inside, you know It's like I'm living just to die I fall on my knees and beg for mercy Not knowing if I'm worthy living life Thinking no man can hurt me So I'm asking before I lay me down to sleep Before you judge me, look at all the shit you did to me 
My misery, I rose up from the slums Made it out the flames in my search for fame Will I change in the past? Who do you believe in? I put my faith in God, blessed us to breathe And even though it's hard, that's who I believe in Before I'm leaving, I'm asking the grieving What do you believe in? Who do you believe in? I put my faith in God, blessed us to breathe And even though it's hard, that's who I believe in Before I'm leaving, I'm asking the grieving Who do you Faith in Allah, believe in me and this plastic Cause so far I done witnessed too many dead niggas in caskets With they chest plates stretched like elastic And what's worse, I'm on front line Holding down camp, still mashing Heard my cousin, one of the old heads from the block Just came home, October 95 Back in Yardsville, stuck with a 3 to 5 If he don't act up Now he realizes if you don't stay wise Then in this game you fuck Talk to my baby girl Give me the word on what she heard One of the grimies, a snitching diamond, a stupid pigeon I talked to him, he said he didn't My man said he did In fact, he's sure cause he just came home now tell me, who do you believe in? I put my faith in God, blessed and still breathing And even though it's hard, that's who I believe in Before I'm leaving, I'm asking the grieving Who do you believe in? Who do you believe in? I put my faith in God, blessed and still breathing And even though it's hard, that's who I believe in Before I'm leaving, I'm asking the grieving Who do you believe in? Who do you believe in? Who do you believe in? Is it Buddha, Jehovah, or or is it just yourself? Definitely not to be imposed Being a demon Because this is the joy of believing Men to believe in yourselves But for sure the higher power Resides only to ride in the heart of the truth From the soul of the man For truth never has an alibi In the poetry or in its realm That's what pulls all words together Just to understand that every man Is his own man And only man can satisfy the man Only the soul of the man the feelings of the man, the forbearance of the man You can't shake the man when you feel the man You know the man And you gotta call yourself because you are that man Who do you believe?